Hey everybody, welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April, and as always, looking for my good buddy Seth Robinson. Seth. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah, are you feeling feeling good to get to the end of this week? Yeah, yeah, between my travel to London the week prior and then all of the time changes that have happened, between the, the flight time change and then what I didn't realize is the weekend I was in London, they had their own uh, daylight savings or whatever that go back to standard time. I forget what we do. Um, uh, but, uh, and so they had their own while I was there. And then when I got home that weekend, this past weekend, we did it here. So I feel like I've gone, yeah, my uh, circadian rhythms are not totally back to normal, but, but getting close now, finally. Yeah. And we got the election over with. Uh, oh, what was that like, too? Yeah. You whichever know my... way you feel about it, I think everyone's just glad like to be done talking about it. I mean, I know it's not like done, done. There are still a few things up in the air, but yeah. just it gets to be so exhausting. You know, I I pretty much went on a media fast on Tuesday. I was like, I'm just not going to look at anything. And then I looked quick on Wednesday morning and I was like, all right, good to go. <laughs> so Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Um, you know, uh, regardless of how you feel about the results, it's definitely nice to get a break from the... Uh, the political ad fatigue that I definitely have here. Yeah. I'm in a I'm in a major media market for uh, political ads, and it's just been un, just nonstop. Yeah. And it was beautiful. Like yesterday, turn on the television, there were no more ads, um, so it was nice. So um, yeah, I think we'll get a little breather here um, as we move into the end of the year, nice and quiet. Be good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Another another reason that it's good to get to the end of the week is we published our IT industry outlook this week. Uh, so that is a big one for us. It's a big one. Yeah, it's a, yeah. always one that uh, you and I work on together. Uh, we mm -hmm. usually have studies that only one of us is working on, but this is our joint study, and it's another one of our flagship studies. So a lot went into it. There was a little bit of a time crunch this year, so. Really nice to have that one up on the website. You know, we'll post links in the show notes and everything. Uh, but we wanted to talk about it today. We we always cover mm -hmm. some of the big trends that we think are going to happen over the next 12 months. And then each one of us has a pretty big section. Yours is focused on the IT channel and mine is focused on IT professionals. So I think mm -hmm. we're just going to do kind of a quick run through of some of the highlights on the episode today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm excited. We did have a tight timeline. I think we met it really well. So I'm, I'm happy for that. And, uh, it, you know, it's a good project. I enjoy doing it every single year. So um, like you said, I think we'll highlight a few things from the study. We we do normally we we do 10 trends. Um, they're a little bit prognostication, a little bit uh, of what we're kind of seeing in the marketplace. Um, you do five. I do five. I thought I'd highlight um one today that I think is very general and it kind of applies to, to both our audiences, the IT pro and the IT channel. And that is that, you know, business as usual, while we may think that it was going to return to pre-pandemic because now we're sort of coming out of the pandemic. And I think 2023 might be the first year where it's not the topic of conversation on everybody's mind is the number one thing. And so the question becomes, oh, so is, does everything return to normal the way that we used to run business, the way that we used to deal with customers uh, to um, pre-pandemic levels, the way we did things in 2019? And yeah. we really we, we believe the answer is no. The business mm -hmm. as usual is really getting um, a reality check that companies learned that change can happen for the good or the bad, in this case for the bad and for many companies on a dime, and that you need to be very resilient and have a company that can weather a storm really quickly if you're going to survive. And I think that that um, 
the trauma of that has changed the way that people approach how they're going to plan for the future. And so smart businesses are not going to do things to the way that they used to do them. Um, their workforce has changed. And we can talk a little bit about that. People work remotely now. There's, there's a demand for flexibility that was maybe talked about before, but now is very much a reality that people are, are expecting when they go into the workforce. Customers are different. Their reliance on technology changed during the pandemic, much more reliable on all kinds of tools that they needed to use from home and the way that they dealt with third-party providers changed. And so I don't think that's going back to normal either. So it's going to take companies quite a bit to sort of assess where they're at, plan for the immediate future and the long-term future. And if you're an IT professional, the way you think about your job is going to change as well. Yeah. And I, a couple other things that are in the mix here, because there's so much in this one trend is yeah. uh, economic factors. You know, so we've got inflation, you know, going all over the place. We've got uh, currencies, you know, being compared differently to each other now uh, because every country is going through their own upheaval. We've got supply chain disruption. Um, so, and, and I think all of these things that you've mentioned are causing companies to take another look at it. And maybe some of the things come back, right? Like maybe supply chains finally settle out. Maybe inflation stops skyrocketing. But the, the knowledge of how fragile some of these things are, I think is going to change business operations. The, the workforce and the way that you deal with the workforce, whether or not we ever we settle on, you know, a hybrid remote, you know, whatever we settle on, I, I think the knowledge of the, the churn there is going to change operations. It's going to change how you deal with ta talent management. So I think a lot of things are going to kind of come back to normal. Like one thing that I think has really come back to normal that a lot of people were predicting wouldn't is conferences and some business travel. I mean, I think some of the onesie twosie, like, you know, maybe two people flying across the country for a sales meeting, I think that's cut back. I think if you look at general air travel, you know, we, we you see that business travel is still down, but like conferences are booming. Our CompTIA's conferences have been booming. A lot of the other ones that you've attended at have, have been really robust. And so I think that remains a piece that's constant. And there are going to be pieces like that that are constant, but there are so many other pieces that aren't. And I think it just takes a reevaluation and it's going to change culture. To your point, it's going to change the way that technology is used in these companies in order to address some of these concerns. And in some ways there's no going back. Yeah, I think I think you, you're spot on and that some things will, will return to close to where they were like conferences. Some things are forever altered and some things are probably still up in the air, what they're gonna turn out like. And I think it's really gonna mean for 2023, a lot of evaluation come, you know, smart companies and smart um, people in, in the workforce who are thinking about their careers should be doing a little bit of, you know, um, assessment and introspection as they enter the year to figure out, you know, what is the new normal, um, if, if anything, and how they're gonna apply, you know, what they do to that. Yeah. So that's sort of a big macro trend that we have. And I, and I think we can keep talking about that all year. But one of the interesting trends you had was um, around the metaverse. So we'll get very specific about technology and, and, and what the metaverse actually means. And I found your take on it very interesting. Mirrors what we've been talking about all along with what CompTIA's take is. But um, share, please. Yeah, I mean, yours is you know big and overarching. And I think you're right. It's going to influence a lot of the things that we talk about. Metaverse is drilling down into one of the bigger buzzwords that we have right now. Um, and, and so we'd kind of be, um, you know, a little deficient if we didn't talk about it at all. And, and I think that throughout the year, 
the viewpoint that we've had has really come into focus. I, I think that we've been on it from the beginning of kind of saying that there, there isn't a lot of difference between the metaverse and many of the things that we're doing online. There's all this focus on virtual reality. Um, and all that focus on virtual reality might be looking a little bit shaky. You know, if you look at Meta's uh, layoff this week, um, you know, maybe some of their bets aren't paying off, but it is true that virtual reality or augmented reality or any number of things are a new platform into internet experiences. Um, and you can really extend this. Like I know Tim O'Reilly wrote a lot about how his Peloton is like a platform into the internet now. And it's something that he has an experience with and something that he has a community around. And so I think putting all these things together, the, the metaverse is, it's almost back to that old term that we used to use that I don't think anyone uses anymore, cyberspace, right? You know, we used to call the internet cyberspace and that's what it is now. It's this big space that you can tap into in a lot of different ways. And so the challenge for a company is keeping all of those tap-in points consistent and tying them all together and making sure that your customer has a holistic experience as you're going from one platform to another, you're experiencing the company or the brand in different ways. You, you want to make sure that that all ties together and that you don't have these disparate experiences if you're on a web browser on your PC or if you're on mobile or if you're in virtual reality, whatever it is, you want it to all feel consistent. Yeah, I like the way that you tie it into the customer experience. I mean, that's very much a real topic. And we've talked about it plenty. We've done studies on it. And I like linking in the metaverse as just another part of that omni-channel approach to the way you deal with customers, um, their preferences for how they want to interact in a transaction scenario, a buying scenario, a, in a research scenario, whatever it happens to be, a collaboration scenario. Um, and just adding that to the mix is, as, as opposed to having it be something separate kind of goes to your point of this is all about online life. Um, but I love putting it in the bucket of customer experience because I think that is going to be one of the more important pillars of business in, in the years ahead. It has been in the last few years, and I think it's going to continue to be something that we talk about quite a bit. So adding another element that quite frankly, for some customers is going to be, you know, something that they really want and desire. And, and to have that in your arsenal as a way to interact with your customers, if you're a business owner, is, is tr terrific. And if you're a consumer, having that as an option is one, the one that you prefer is going to make you kind of gravitate to certain types of companies. So I like fitting it into that part of the discussion. Yeah, and that's actually a really good point to bring up because like so many other emerging trends or emerging technologies that we've talked about, you know, a company might sort of have this thought of like, what's our metaverse strategy? Yeah. But pretty quickly, they're going to get away from that. Like you are not buying metaverse. Metaverse <laughs> is not a product. You're not going to bring it in. But what do you have a strategy around customer experience, right? Yes. And so the strategy is customer experience. Metaverse and mobile and many other things are technologies that you bring to bear on that strategy. Um, mm -hmm. And that's, that's how it's really going to play out over the next year is figuring out what, what strategy are we talking about and now what technologies do we want to use to, to accelerate that strategy? Yeah, I think this is one of our better examples of trying to explain about emerging technology and how it, it, emerging technology is not, it's not about, uh, you know, a specific point product. It's about, you know, having a strategy and where some of those products fit in to help you achieve your outcome, whatever it happens to be. Um, 
I think I'll use that as a good platform or a springboard, I should say, to, to move into more of a, another bigger topic. And, and that was related to the data we collected specifically from the channel for the Outlook. And it, it goes to our sort of our topic of change and evaluation and looking ahead to how to run your business. And one of the things that I think going back to the pandemic, not to belabor it, but it, it really did make a lot of channel companies take a look at their business and in particular their business model. And where they were at now, business model change in the channel is nothing new. There've been there's been sort of a slow march from traditional product resellers of hardware to managed service providers and solution providers. That's been going on for decades. Um, not everybody has made the move, but you know many in the channel have at least in part made that move. But now we're seeing sort of an escalation of business model change and and different types of business model change. And we really wanted to dive in on that a little bit with this particular study and find out what you're up to if you are changing your business model. And not surprisingly, we found you know quite a few, like almost a third of, of channel companies say they've already undergone some kind of business model change. Um, the, the other really big chunk are in the middle of it. Um, another third or so are considering it and very small number of channel companies say that, that you know it's off the table. They're not considering any changes to their companies. That's pretty staggering, the amount of change, given how small most channel companies are. So changing your business model for a little company is no small feat, uh, no pun intended. It, it just isn't because it's very difficult to pivot away from the things that are you know keeping the lights on in your business every day to something new. But what we're seeing is many more channel companies are starting to really make that move into managed services. And interestingly, not just traditional managed services where we're talking about management of devices and networks, traditional remote monitoring management of a network platform for customers, infrastructure, basically. Now we're seeing the number one business model change is moving from being a reseller into managed services that embrace everything. So you're doing managed services at a higher level at the stack, um, taking care of business applications, cloud applications for customers. And, and that's really next level managed services. And that's where more of the money is going to be. That's where customers are. So it's good to be moving where they are as opposed to just staying in the in infrastructure lane. You can do all of that at once, but moving up the stack is wise for a lot of these companies. And then the other quick thing I'll point out is there's business model change that has nothing to do with moving to managed services. Some companies are taking on a new vertical, um, figuring out that you know, the pandemic did show us some verticals really suffered. If you were in the hospitality industry, you suffered during the pandemic. But it, it shined a spotlight on how different different industries and sectors are and wise channel companies are figuring out, you know what, if I learn to specialize in this area, you know, that in and of itself is a business model change and it's a differentiator competitively. And then a lot of other companies are deciding to go full on with consulting. And we've talked about that quite a bit, but um, it takes, it relieves them of the duty of transactional product sales and allows them to move into becoming more of a subject matter expert on a particular business um, and helping a company with a particular business outcome. So all of that is in the mix. And I think we're going to see a lot of business uh, model change going forward in the next year and the year beyond. Yeah, it's that last one that I, I think is the most interesting. And I know that you were pretty excited to start asking these questions in the outlook around yeah. business model. And that's one of the things that you really want to dig into more moving forward. And I think there's so much to dig into that we've got all of the change from product centric to service based that's been going on for at least a decade. And there's obviously data that's showing us that we, we haven't passed the midpoint on that. You know, a lot of companies are still going through that transition and they're going to go through that transition, but the consulting one that you mentioned at the end there, 
I think is kind of a symbol of a transition that is really just at the beginning for so many of these companies. And that's shifting from tactics into strategy, right? Mm -hmm. That even if they've done consulting, it might be consulting around like how you set up a data center or how you set up your storage architecture, technical stuff, right? Now they need to move into this era where so many companies are using technology strategically. And so the channel firms need to understand business objectives. They need to be doing the same thing that we were talking about with metaverse is understanding the strategy, understanding the goals, and then applying technology to those goals. And so it's not focused on the technology. It's focused higher up at the business level. And again, I think that our data shows and I think that our anecdotes and stories that we get when we go to our conferences and talk with our members show that so many companies are just at the beginning of this, that they they really haven't shifted over into being a, a business partner with some of their clients. Um, I think we see that a little bit more in like internal IT departments, where if a company has especially a pretty big internal IT department, they're really bringing them along strategically. Uh, third parties are are maybe not quite as far along that path right now. And so that's going to be really interesting to watch in the year ahead. Yeah, I think what we're seeing, and it's very slow, and, and also you're right, at very nascent um, right now, is smaller channel companies starting to get into business process with their companies and business outcome and helping consult around that. The kinds of things that the big Accentures have been doing for years, the IBM Global Services, helping companies with that, that now trickles down to whatever form it's going to take to the smaller firms. Um, but you mentioned IT departments. So we wanted to talk about what's going on with your IT pro set and, and some of the things that you decided to highlight in the outlook. Yeah, I, I think the common thread between our two groups is this sense of optimism um, that yeah. is a little surprising, I think, especially as we got towards the end of the year. I think earlier in the year, we wouldn't have been surprised to see that optimism. Like you had mentioned, we're coming out of the pandemic. It's starting to fall on the list of priorities that people are thinking about. And people are thinking that they're going to get back to you know, some version of normal and build on the lessons that they've learned. But then as the year went on, you know, we had global disruption, we had economic forces, you know, whatever. We still saw a lot of that optimism in our survey, you know, which was collected in September, October. So kind of interesting to see that. I mean, I think it speaks to how many companies are really relying on technology, whether that's from a third party or whether that's from, you know, their internal staff uh, in order to not just keep the lights on, but to keep the business driving forward. So I think we, we see that optimism and in the IT pro audience, so much of that optimism is around the, the career paths that are open to them because of the skills that are needed by companies. So, so many companies have skill gaps and skill building is going to be a huge part of the year for IT pros over the next 12 months uh, as, they, as they think about whether they want to grow in the career that they are and kind of build on their specialization, or maybe they want to explore an adjacent area, or maybe they want to get into something completely different. I think we see a little bit of that appetite, um, all, all, all of those appetites among our IT pros. And so I think that skill building really falls into two big buckets. One is I'm just calling digital transformation. That's all the technical stuff. So infrastructure, software development, cybersecurity data, There are lots of different facets to each one of those. And I think all of it falls into digital transformation, which we've seen start to become a little bit more of a a buzzword again. Um, People are talking a little bit more about it. And I think that that's going to drive some of our research in the next year around defining that and, and what exactly are companies talking about 
if they're saying they want to go through digital transformation, whatever they're talking about, they clearly need these skills. And so there's a lot of opportunity for IT pros to build technical skills. The other big bucket is business alignment. And so as technology is becoming more strategic, there's a lot of opportunity for IT pros to take a step into that business world and to kind of speak the language of business, to work alongside business units and craft solutions and consult on things and learn about what trade-offs can be made um, on the technical side in order to truly advance the business interests. Uh, and again, not just keep the lights on. So I think those two areas are going to drive a lot of training going forward. And businesses are gonna be exploring a lot of different options for training their workforce. Yeah, I mean, the optimism point that you made, I think, really does draw, really does emanate from the strength of the tech industry when, with respect to jobs and skills. It's a, it's an area that uh, the, the the broader economy is so dependent on right now, and the skill sets that technology oriented uh, workers are focused on, you know, they kind of they drive that. They're the fuel behind that, and I think that that is why even channel companies are very optimistic. Um, because they know that the companies that they're working with are looking for people with skills, um, and they are, and that means that they're, you know, engaging in projects that require technology. And so, um, the channel benefits by being either able to help plug those skills gaps or sell to those people who are newly hired into organizations with the new skills that are doing a data project, a cloud project, any kind of digital transformation project. So, I think we are very lucky and fortunate that we work in this particular industry because it has held up pretty well despite all kinds of um, crazy obstacles that have come our way in the last few years. Um, and so given that right now the economic factors are the biggest bugaboo, um, we typically see those being cyclical. So I see, you know, I see optimism continuing. Um, and and uh, the skills gap, though, brings both optimism and a little bit of pessimism because I hear a lot of people struggle with finding people mm -hmm. to hire and finding ways to afford to train them, find the right people, being in competition to hire those people from somebody else down the street, all of those things that go with it. But I guess, you know, that's not a bad problem to have, really, in the grand scope of things. Um, uh, so, you know, yeah, I think um, going forward, I'm just going to keep uh, keep on the optimism train with everybody else. Yeah, I, you know, I think that that point about the struggle that companies are facing ties all the way back to our business as usual trend, right? That yeah. one of the things that companies are finding is that there's going to be a lot more churn and they can't find these skills. They haven't been able to find them for, for several years now. They can't use their traditional pathways. And so moving forward, they can't just take a business as usual approach to their talent management. They have to think differently about how they hire, how they train internally, what types of things they're thinking about for retention. Um, and so I think that is all going to factor a lot into kind of crafting a new business strategy and crafting a new business culture for a lot of these companies moving forward. Yep. Food for thought for next year. Yeah, we've got lots of food for thought on this one. I feel like this yeah. one more than other years has given us a lot that we're planning to dive into, you know, maybe less of a of kind of a recap and a summary of our thoughts and more of like, here's what we really see is happening. And there's a lot more that we want to dig into in this space. So we've only given a quick overview here. Like you said, we've got 10 trends. We only hit two of them. We gave really quick overviews of our sections. Each one of our sections has a lot more in it, like budget stuff. And, uh, and there's a little section on perception of emerging trends. So everyone, please check out the report on CompTIA's website. We'll include a link to that.
Um, thanks as always to our producer, Andrew McMillan and Carolyn. Hope you have a great weekend. I'll see you next time. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye.